What is going on, everybody? It's Durf and Dylan, and on and off the field. It is March third. That's official. Wow! It's March, and the Saints go marching. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's I didn't even write that down. That's just I just said yeah. March, and that's for some reason yeah. something I wanted to say. I I don't know. We're off to a strong start here, so we'll warm up here, and uh, you know. You're listening on off the field, so you found it. Congratulations. You're one of those lucky people that get to listen to the show. But just so you know, we also have a Facebook, an Instagram, and a Twitter account. You can find all those links on onandoffthefield.com. And you can also find the links to listen to the show. And then you can also go to rtfsportsnetwork.com to listen to the show and many other shows that are amazing. Personally, I think there's a slew of talent of these shows on RTF Sports Network. So you can go to their website and listen to this show from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, yeah, it's a a good time. You go there, we get, like, ad revenue, and I don't know if I'm making money yet. Yeah, I don't think I am, but (laughs) I I was told there'd be money. Where is it? (laughs) It's at the the end of the rainbow. It's at the end of the rainbow? (laughs) You just got to find the rainbow. God, it, it's New York. There are no rainbows. It's just dark and raining all the time. And when the raining stops and the sun comes out, there's no rainbow still. No, just hot as balls. Yep. It's just humid and terrible. But it is it is springtime, pretty much. Yeah. Daylight savings time is... Uh, next, next weekend. I think it's this Saturday, right? Yeah. This Oh, happy Super Tuesday, everybody. Forgot to mention that. So if you're in one of those states that is more important than the rest, congratulations on being geographically located to be important enough to vote. I don't yeah. know why that's a thing. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so make sure you vote if you're in one of those states. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we're going to jump into the giveaway. Yeah. Might as well. So we came up with a date, an official end date. It is going to be Tuesday, March 31st, the end of March we are going to do the drawing. So this is your last chance to either follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Mm-hmm. I know I was saying earlier that you had to follow on all three. That, that's that's my bad. I now understand <laughs> that people don't have all three. I, I never had a Twitter before, so that's my bad. You can follow on any of them. And then, once you do that, you can go to onandoffthefield.com. You can send us that email in the contact sheet, the All Hail the Jockstrap King. And then you can go to iTunes and... You don't have to, I don't think you even have to have an iTunes account to make a rate and review. You could just not. do it. Yeah. You get to like make a nickname. I think you might have to enter your email address or something. You just rate and review. Just hit the five stars. Yeah. Say this show sucks or this show's awesome. <laughs> I don't really care. As long as you do the five stars. The comment can say whatever though. The five stars I would I would appreciate that. <laughs> so if you do all three of those things, then you'll be entered in the giveaway. Yay! Woo. So we're gonna do three names randomly drawn. First name, you get a nickname, and you will forever live on the show as whatever that nickname is. Yeah. I don't know if that's amazing, if that's something that appeals to you, <laughs> but it's going to happen if your name's drawn first. <laughs> second of all, second name drawn, Fred and I will autograph something for you. Can, anything. It can be anything. I'm not going to sign crack pipes. No, no, yeah, no, no, nothing dirty underwear. You, you know, You know the drill. Yeah. Blank piece of paper, picture, whatever. Yeah. No, just don't don't make it too weird. I'm I'm all for being weird, but let's not get crazy. 
third name drawn, $50 will go to your favorite charity or foundation, and you can come on the show and talk about your charity or foundation yeah. that you chose. Or we'll talk about it for you. Or, yeah. It, it's however you roll. Yeah. But not only that, they get to, they can also get an autograph from us, and they can get a nickname. I mean, why would you not want that? Right. I'm I'm standing here sitting. Well, I guess I'm sitting. I am sitting here, like upset that I can't enter into this. Right. Because I want a nickname. <laughs> I want an autograph from myself. I want to donate fifty dollars to my favorite charity or foundation. Yeah. I I know you'd want to also. So. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's the giveaway. That's all of our RTF and onoutthefield.com plugs. We're going to do this show backwards because oh, we are <laughs> sick of running out of time <laughs> to talk about the XFL once we get to the end of the show. We're like we're like rushing through it. So, since this is the meat of the show, or at least it's supposed to be, yeah. we're going to flip it on its head and we're going to start with week four of the XFL. Let's do it. I have to initially admit my faults. Yeah. I went one for three on, on the weekend. It, it always hurts when you go below below 500. Yeah. And there's only five matchups. So it's not like... He, he just held up a four. <laughs> it's We're going into week five. I got week five on my mind. Lots of fives. <laughs> There's only four matchups, and I said 500. I had five on my five on my head. Four <laughs> matchups. It's it's pretty hard to go below 500. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get above 500 as well. Yeah. But I went one for three. That's no good. It didn't feel good. No. Nah. What did you end up going? I don't remember all your. Picks. I was three and one. Uh, yeah, because you picked Roughnecks and Vipers. Roughnecks, Vipers, and Battlehawks. I picked the Wildcats. Mm. But that did not go in my favor. Yeah, we'll we'll get to me defending myself <laughs> real quickly. Yeah, but uh, it just just hurt my feelings to really go one and three, and I'm I'm surprised at some of the results of these games, especially yeah the Vipers and Defenders game. Yeah, that was blew a blew my that mind. Was a surprise. Yeah, I I went to bed because it started at seven. I watched a little mm-hmm. bit of it. I went to bed when it when the Vipers were up. I don't know. 13 nothing whatever the score mm-hmm. might have been at the time i was like wow yeah. that's like another another week of the defenders kind of lagging mm-hmm. maybe they'll pick it up in the second half i went to bed woke up <laughs> nope yeah they they never woke up they must have went to bed with me because they did not show up for that game uh, that's our that's our tease because we are going to go in order like in because order. you got to be orderly mm-hmm. now but the number one thing that i have a complaint with and if you know me, I know Durf knows me, mm-hmm. I hate power rankings. Yeah. Or at least I hate other people's power rankings. Yeah. I like to think mine aren't terrible. Mm-hmm. I like to look at my power rankings, kind of look at everything. Yeah. The games they've played, mm-hmm. looking to the future, kind of like where the team stands right now. And other people's rankings are basically overreactions to anything that happens. Like most rankings, yeah. Yeah. And so I was looking at Joel Klatt's power rankings. Hmm. It was posted by the XFL Instagram page, and like it was official. Joel Klatt is like yeah. an XFL person. Okay. He like reports or writes columns, does whatever for the XFL. Yes. Joel Klatt. Mm-hmm. Here is his power rankings. 
Houston Roughnecks, one. Okay. I'm okay. Battlehawks, two. All right. All right. Renegades, three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens this week, but yeah. yeah. Number four. Take a guess what he put at number four. The, um, the Guardians? No. Um, he put the Vipers number really? four. Yeah, that's no reaction. <laughs> in every single person's power rankings, except mine, because mm-hmm. I believe I put the Dragons at eight, Yeah, the Vipers have been at everyone's eight spot all season. Right. Eight or seven. Yep. They win one game. They won a very, like, a shutout. It was a very good game. Mm. doesn't mean you jumped to four. No. That's ridiculous. So then number five, they have the Guardians. And then six is the Wildcats. Seven is the Dragons. That leaves one more team. He put the Defenders at eight. Wow. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's a... And I literally wrote in my bro- in my blog. I just did it right now. Uh-huh. My initial reaction was to laugh until I cried, <laughs> and that's exactly what I want to do right now. I read this and it's just like, how do you think that's okay? How do- right? <laughs> Vipers. You basically would swap the Vipers and Defenders because Vipers might be at eight, maybe mm-hmm. push them up to seven if you're bold six. Right. And the Defenders, they're still top five at bare minimum, top five. Yeah. It, it's it's absolutely crazy and it should be criminal to to be he's paid probably to put these power rankings in front of people oh i'm sure ridiculous you want to hear my power rankings what do you got i got battlehawks one really i do i have the battlehawks number one because of pretty much one reason sure the battlehawks they started out the season a little slow Mm -hmm. nobody really believed in them yeah I feel like they're flying under the radar. There's no mm-hmm. names over there that you yeah. really... Yeah, that team. That team's going to be sweet. But they have progressively gotten better every single week. Mm-hmm. They have grown. And when I see growth, right. I like to see you're going to keep getting better. Yep. Sure, every team is going to level out at some point. But until yeah. I see them level out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that team higher in my rankings. Because I want to see them... I, I predict they still grow. Mm-hmm. So I see the Battlehawks to come out next week, whoever they're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play the Defenders, yeah. the lowly Defenders. <laughs> I see them you know, go better, get yep. bigger, yeah. score 30-plus points on offense. Let Jordan throw four touchdowns. Let's yeah. see something crazy happen. Just keep getting better. All right. Then I have the Roughnecks. Okay. And I, I put the Roughnecks at two. You know, They're still 4-0, and but right. I swapped them because I feel like the Roughnecks plateaued a little bit. They've kind of, yeah, they're kind of like, we figured out what they are. Like, you know what they are, you know what to expect. And And they they started out strong right out the gate. Right. And they have been strong for four weeks. Yep. Three weeks. They were strong this week. Yeah. We'll get to the in-game stuff real quick, or in a minute. But basically, I just swapped the two based off of what I see for the future. Okay. Then I have the Renegades at three. I didn't feel good about it. Yeah. I didn't want to put them there, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really have anyone else to put there. Yeah. Like, because number four, I have the Guardians. Okay. I liked what I saw out of Louise. I liked what I saw out of the run game. And I liked what I saw out of the the defense. It seemed like the defense came back alive. Like, they figured out uh, week one, they can do that again. Right. It wasn't as strong as week one, Mm -hmm. but they played better. And if they can 
if they can make it a trend. That's my favorite word when coming out with my power rankings. Is yeah. the, is the is the trend of all these teams. Mm-hmm. And if the defense can go on a trend of being good, and carry Louise right. and the rest of this team. Uh, but until I see that trend, I won't put them at three. So I put the Renegades at three. But with Landry Jones hurt, yeah, I didn't like it. Right. But I didn't have anyone else to really put there. <laughs> <laughs> so I have Guardians at four. I nobody likes me when I do this. I did my live show today on Facebook. Yeah. I have the Wildcats at five. Yeah, I could. I I take that. See, I'm glad you agree with me at least. No, everybody else doesn't like the it's Wildcats. Not, it's it's not a. Five's not bad. If they would have beat the Guardians, they'd be four, I think, all day. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I might have put them at three because I don't like the Renegades there. So if they would have oh, beat yeah. the Guardians, I might have put so them at three. Be, yeah. Just bump everyone down a spot, yep. swap them out. So, I mean, the fact that they didn't lose terribly, Yeah. I'd take them at five. Yeah. And I wrote down some stuff for when we get to the game, why mm-hmm. they lost, and I, I think my spot's fair. So yeah. then, being the nice guy that I am, I uh-huh. did put the Vipers at six. Okay. I like it. The Vipers have showed up two weeks in a row. Yep. They lost last week, but they played out their game. They played really hard last week. Mm-hmm. And then they showed up, obviously, in week four. Right. So I put them at six, just ahead of the defenders. Okay. Because trends. Right. DC has done terrible the past two weeks. They, they, yeah, they're just falling. That's a trend. Yep. Two weeks in a row. So they dropped to seven, and then the Dragons at eight. Because for now, n- no, <laughs> they can live there for all I care. Uh, but yes, that is those are those are my uh, power rankings, and maybe some of those will make more sense as we get into the games mm-hmm. themselves. And we're gonna have to take our first break, but as soon as we come back, we will dive into those games. Sounds I, like a plan. I can't wait, personally. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just... I'm going to go to break while we're ahead. All right. See you when we get back. And welcome back to On and Off the Field with Durf and Dylan. Just got done going through some power rankings. Some of you are probably left a little confused. Yeah. What are these guys doing? This guy's power ranking sucks. They're doing the show backwards. Doing, yeah. I'm so used to like jumping into the NFL offseason. I'm not listening to this garbage. But here you are. Still listening. You love it. You know you love it. Oh, yeah. So we're going to jump into the games themselves. I love having this much time to talk about the XFL. Now we don't have to like, rush it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much fun. So, game one. L.A. Wildcats were at the New York Guardians. Fred. Well, the New York Guardians pulled off the win. I didn't think they were going to, winning 17-14 to over the Wildcats. Um, Guardians' Luis Perez was 18-26 eight, for 150 yards and one touchdown. Meanwhile, Josh Johnson from the Wildcats was 25 of 40 for 325 and two touchdowns and one interception. Uh, Guardians' Darius Victor had a solid day uh, with 18 carries for 82 yards. Uh, Trey McBride from the Wildcats had another good game this, this week for eight receptions for 127 yards and one touchdown. 
Um, I think my take here is maybe LA doesn't play good on the road as they have in the recently. Um, but New York, the Guardians don't either. So fair enough. Fair, fair enough. That I feel like that's been like a secret trend. Yeah. And I I haven't looked it up yet, and I keep telling myself like, look it up. Just just do it one day, <laughs> and I'm gonna do it this week. Is I have this feeling in my gut, like when I do the math and figure it out, mm-hmm. that the home teams are winning more often. Right. I I just have this strong feeling because look at the defenders. Yeah. First two weeks at home. Yep. Crushed it. Crushed it. Two weeks on the road, they got crushed. Yep. <laughs> Terribly. <laughs> Thirty nine and nine, and now shut out twenty five nothing. I mean. Yeah. I feel like this is a trend. And personally, I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't talk about the XFL like we do. No, I feel like there's not a lot of really. a lot of podcast hype for it yet. No, so, not yet. So that's why we're here starting it. Oh yeah, we're the we're the trailblazers we're the of XFL of podcasting. Yeah. yeah, let's go. But yeah, it's hard to hard to jump in on something when you're only. Yeah, at least we didn't make a AAF podcast. That would have been bad. Oh, that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> All right, we are signing off after week four because the league sucks. All righty, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah. The XFL is still alive, though. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I picked the Wildcats because mm-hmm. I, re- I honestly thought Nelson Spruce was going to play. I did not yeah. know he was hurt. Oh, I didn't know that either. I mean, ESPN doesn't send out XFL injury updates anymore, like for XFL yet. Mm. They just—they're not to that point. I don't think anyone. If you follow a team on the XFL, will it do it though? Maybe because I've been tempting to do. I've been meaning to do that. Like, I I get all my like NHL, NBA, NFL notifications from ESPN. But you don't really get actives unless you follow the team. I think so. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe. Maybe a little bit of yeah. Maybe we gotta follow our teams on XFL on the app, and we'll get the notifications. And I I did not know. I didn't even know he was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't right. watch week three games. Yeah. Um. I just watched the highlights. Mm-hmm. And he he caught like he had like seventy two yards last week. So I right. thought he I thought he played the whole game. Yeah. Maybe he did, and he just something happened, and he couldn't play mm-hmm. this week. But he did not play, and I feel like Nelson he just plays the slot. He's he's got to be one of the better slots in this league. Yep, by far. Yeah, I mean I know uh, what Donald Parham. Parham, yeah. <laughs> Parham plays the slot. Is it? He's a, he's a just a gigantic tight end. Right, but, but plays the slot majority right. of the time. Yeah, and he's he's obviously very good. Cam Phillips is sometimes in the slot, I believe, from the mm-hmm. Roughnecks. Uh, I, I he just opens up that middle of the field. You have to respect his game. Right, and it. It opens up the run game. Mm-hmm. It opens up the outside because if you got safety crashing down on Nelson, right? It just he just helps open things up. Yeah. Because through three weeks he was leading the leagues in receiving yards, catches, everything. Mm-hmm. He didn't play, and it showed. Right. And I think that's why they lost. And yeah. me not knowing he was hurt mm-hmm. is why I picked the Wildcats, defending my pick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's what I took away from it. And. Trey McBride is obviously, like, he can take over at the number one spot. He's right. shown it now. Yep. 127 yards, like you said, with a TD. Yeah. But behind Nelson Spruce, he's a solid number two as well. Mm-hmm. They don't have a number three. So if Spruce or McBride doesn't play, yeah, where are you going? Well, I know they have 
Black Null. Yeah, Saeed Black Null, but he's not. He hasn't. He done, had just had his first catch this game. Yeah, he hasn't done much this year. They called his season. number right. Forty-two yard touchdown catch was his first catch of the season. Right. Like, yeah. I wrote about him in the in the in one of my blogs before the season started. Mm-hmm. They call him uh, Megatron Junior or something. Yeah. Like mini Megatron, something <laughs> like that. He's a big guy. Right. I thought he was gonna be the number two or yeah. bare minimum number three. He just he's nowhere. Yeah. He had his first catch in week four. That's that's, that's not a, what no. I'm looking for. No. But on the on the winning side of the ball for the Guardians, I mean, mm-hmm. I joked about it last week. Yeah. That Luis Perez went four for five for like 50 yards in replacement of McLoyne. Yeah. And I, I joked. I remember listening to it. I laughed. I was like, <laughs> oh, there's your starter. Yep. <laughs> he did pretty good, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Sure enough. <laughs> there yep. he is. And he did <laughs> solid. 18 yeah. to 16. I mean, it was only 150 yards, right. but it 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 was mistake-free football. That's all and you need. That's what you want on your yeah. replacement. Exactly. And you let the ground game do the work. And if you watched the game, they they were dominating on the ground. Yeah. The Wildcats just were not interested in tackling, or at least on first contact. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like every time they ran the ball, Darius Victor ran it, Tim Cook ran it, whoever was running it, mm-hmm. they were they were bound. The first guy was bouncing off of them hmm. every single time, which is interesting because for the last two weeks, LA's defense has been explosive, and now, but I mean that could be on the road this year. It could, but yeah, I was just it could have been an on the road thing. Yep, it just seemed like they were dominating, and even the commentators were saying it near the end of the game. Mm-hmm. The Wildcats are kind of like trying to make their comeback, go on a final drive, but the Guardians have the ball. They're still throwing it. The commentators, you're dominating on the run on the in the run game. <laughs> yeah. Why are you not running it? And not they this... kept they kept calling Louise's number. And yeah, well, I mean that you could call that poor game management by the coaches i would 100 percent say that yeah <laughs> and maybe they were confident in him and that he could maybe throw they... a first down and like end the game there but right yeah. i mean or they just want to see more out of him and instead of like you know ground the run the ball and run the clock out well let's see how he does in a little bit more in game action I, I guess if that's what you're trying to get out of him yeah. it seems like poor timing but, a little bit but i mean if I guess you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with it um, in, in partial. And then the only other uh, amazing part of this game was defensive end Jarrell Owens. Jarrell Owens was a force. Yeah. Absolute monster. I was When I was watching the game, mm-hmm. it seemed like every three or four plays, his name was being called out for something. He ended up with... Endless pressures, by the way. That's like, right. Just That's endless reading, pressure. Yeah. He, I think he had 26 pass rushes. This is from memory. I remember reading it. <laughs> to like 26 pass uh, rushes or attempts, and he got to the quarterback like over 70% of the time. Like he was at least back there forcing pressure. That's it was impressive. It was nuts. But in total on the stat sheet, he had four QB hits, two tackles for losses, two sacks, and a blocked field goal. Nice. I mean, the block field goal is just the, ter- the cherry on top of just oh, yeah. a, of a dominant day. Yeah. He lived in the backfield. And the best part was every time he was back there, mm-hmm. spe- there was one that was a third and short. They, they decide they want to throw the ball for the Wildcats. And Jarrell Owens gets to him almost untouched and oh, sacks wow. him. It, 
and then you see Josh just starts slamming the ground. He starts yelling at people. Like, they forgot to block <laughs> him. And he's yelling at his own. He frustrated him. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's another reason why the offense never got going is because Josh just, he was just mad. Yeah. It, the rhythm was off. And I right. think Jarrell Owens was a major part of that. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, so the Guardians get back on the on the winning side of things with a 17-14 to 14 victory over the L.A. Wildcats. Next up on the Saturday game agenda was the Seattle Dragons visiting the St. Louis Battlehawks. Derf, reaction? Where has B.J. Daniels been the last three I weeks? know! It's nuts. We've been calling his name for three weeks. Finally, Jim Zorn makes a decision. At halftime, <laughs> when they were already losing. <laughs> I was at my favorite bar in Rochester, good old Romig's. Yeah. Right down the road. Shout out Romig's. Love y'all. And they had the game on. Oh, wow. And I watched the, a little bit of the first half from home, mm-hmm. and naturally, what, Brandon Silvers went 4 of 10 for 27 yards. Yep. Naturally, I turned the game off. Oh, like I was at, at yeah. home, so I hit up Romigs, uh, met Matt there, and they had the game on in the corner, and it was just after halftime when it when it started up, mm-hmm. and who do I see behind center? Lord and Savior B.J. Daniels. <laughs> I was like, holy crap! That is that they finally did it. Yeah, Jim Zorn finally grew a grew a sack, and and benched his. Precious Brandon Silvers. Yeah. So, BJ comes in at halftime. He goes 5 for 10 for 100 yards, an even 100, with a touchdown and a costly, costly late interception. Mm-hmm. But the best part of his game that was fun to watch, Yeah. seven carries, 84 yards. That's impressive. Let's go. And there was one that made, like, famous, uh, what do they call it, like, going viral. Like, it, was a, it was a video that went around was him was him breaking some dude's ankles on defense. Oh, yeah. I remember watching that one live. Just yeah. juked the hell out of him and just <laughs> whoop. Went right. Oh, I, was, I don't know how long the run actually went for, but yeah, that was that was a great play. BJ just has that extra part of his game to him. Mm-hmm. Whether he's a solid passer or not, he just he can escape the pocket 84 yards rushing. That's I'll, imp- yeah. I'll take that all day. Oh, yeah. If 100 yards with a touchdown passing, he only played a half. Okay. All right. I'll, I'm fine with that. That interception was not great. Yeah. But something I've been screaming mm-hmm. since week one. And just because when they mic up the coaches, and, you know, Jim Zorn just doesn't sound like a head coach. Mm-hmm. And it was confirmed this week that Jim Zorn is not a head coach. Yeah. Because after that touchdown pass from B.J. Daniels to Evan Rodriguez, that's just memory. Yeah. I'm so good at that. <laughs> Evan Rodriguez, 10-yard touchdown catch. They were down by four. In the fourth quarter. So, uh, Jim, if you're doing the math, you can go for one, two, and three while you're down four. Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's see here. What 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 are you gonna do? What would you do, Fred? I would go three for either two or three. Well, I would aim towards two. Hoping I can get the offense back on the field to get a field goal to take the one point win. So at least at least you can 
All right, you're going for two a little bit easier. Much of the world, especially me, at least, at bare minimum, guarantee yourself a tie of just going for one. At the bare minimum. How many three-point conversions have even been made this season? It, Not, it, it, yeah. Seattle surely hasn't made any. Right. Going for two, a little bit closer. I would understand it. Going for one, you're almost guaranteeing yourself getting within field goal. Just three points, three yeah. three points to tie it up. And then at the worst, you're going into this brand new cool overtime thing. Which we haven't seen yet. I haven't seen yet. I really want to see it. Yeah. I hate I hate it when you go into overtime, but I really want to see that. <laughs> but everyone tore him up on social media because now you don't get the three. At this point, you're just looking for highest percentage. Right. Late in the game, you don't make it. You're still down by four, and now you need a touchdown instead of just the field goal. Right. But people tore him up and... They one of the sideline reporters did a great job. Yeah. I I love in the moment things. He calls for the three points. They don't get it. Uh, so so uh, so coach, you you called for the three points there, down by four. Uh, what's what what's your thinking behind that? Instead of just going for one and uh, being three points away. Oh well, you know, uh, you, I, I feel like we had a good play call. You know, we almost had it and. Uh, and then the guy interrupts him. He's like, well, if you get within at least three points, you know, you could tie it up with a field goal. Well, you know, this dude sounds like he's just having a stroke. <laughs> like, this guy's making too much sense. Right. And Jim just can't <laughs> comprehend it. So, I'm not going to say he messed it up for the team. Yeah. Because I don't even know if they got within field goal range because mm-hmm. B.J. Daniels threw the late interception. Right. And that was basically game. Mm-hmm. But still, I <laughs> just listening to Jim, it confirms that, He's not he's not ready to be a head coach. Right. Just gotta take another quick quick break. Real quick. Real quick. Be right back. We're gonna we're gonna pick up with uh the Battle Hawks. are back on and off the field with Durf and Dylan. We have to hit the other half of this game here with the St. Louis Battle Hawks. So good. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Such a good team. Oh, yeah. Such a good offense. Mm-hmm. The defense is, is got... It's middle of the road. Yeah. They're not terrible. They're holding teams to less points than the Battle Hawks score, so that's all you want. That's all you need. <laughs> that's all you want them to do. <laughs> But every time you look at the stats, mm-hmm. like if you just go to the... Oh, let's see who did good today. Jordan Tayamu is the first person that you see every single time just jumping out at the page at you. Yeah. Every single time. 16 rushes for 63 yards. 20 of 27 passing for 264 yards and a touchdown. No turnovers. No. Efficient and effective. That's got to be like one of the most efficient numbers for a quarterback i think this season for yeah. xfl it has to only be. seven incompletions yeah that's gotta be with that much yardage too yeah it's not like he's just dinking and diving oh no yeah he's 264 getting... that's impressive and i remember one specific play when i was at romix i looked at the screen mm-hmm. and he threw a bomb to a guy named mumphrey maybe yep number yeah. 17 and he oh oh he dropped that 
ball, like 30-plus yards, put it right in stride in his hands. Yeah. Like, even if the defender was a little closer, mm-hmm. the, the receiver got a little bit of separation, but even mm-hmm. if the receiver was all over him, mm-hmm. he put that ball just in the perfect spot of his outreached hands. It had to be one of the more, most beautiful passes of the season. Nice. It was amazing. Yeah. And I, I teared up a little bit when I saw it. Yeah. Just that's just me. A little bit. <laughs> just that's just me. <laughs> it was a beautiful pass. And you can you can talk about a lot of the guys on this team. DeMornay, Pearson L showed up uh two weeks in a row now, five receptions on five targets, seventy one yards and a touchdown. And you can say a whole bunch of stuff about the running back group. Christine Michael, Keith Ford, Matt Jones. At least one of them shows up every week and gets eighty plus re- uh, rushing yards. Yeah. But everyone wants to talk about um P.J. Walker, Cam Phillips, maybe Cardell like in weeks one and two, <laughs> but about getting shots in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Jordan Te'amu? He's got one. No. He's got one of the better chance. Like He's right there with P.J., I think. Oh, yeah. Like MVP considerations. Yep. He's leading the league in stats he doesn't belong in, like rushing yards. <laughs> he doesn't belong in these stat lines, but he just does yeah. it week in and week out. I... If I could pick a new team, I would I would go with the Battle Hawks as a bandwagoner. Yeah, absolutely love this team. I love what they're doing. It's fun to watch. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's a fun game, fun team to watch. But the Dragons, which are my team, this is the one game I got right. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty easy pick. <laughs> the Dragons do fall to the Battle Hawks, twenty-three to sixteen, for the game of the week, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The Houston Roughnecks beat. The Dallas Renegades in the uh, Texas Throwdown, twenty-seven to twenty. Got any uh, initial reactions there? Uh, well, PJ Walker had himself a day, as usual. Yeah. <laughs> what are the Renegades going to do without Andrew Jones? If he's uh, hurt a little longer than than this, this uh, during the week here. They. They're saying it was just a re-aggravation of an injury he already mm-hmm. had that, that held him out earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. They're saying two weeks, it, and it's a lot better than the four to six that they were predicting, because that would <laughs> your season. That's, that's, the, your that's season. basically the season yeah. at this point. But they're going to be looking at Philip Nelson. Hmm. That's who they put in for the end of the game, at least. Yeah, and I think these. Are, this is also the team with Eric Dungy on their roster, former Syracuse quarterback. Oh, okay. And they have one other guy. I think his first name is Brock, but I have no idea who he yeah. really is. <laughs> but I, if I had to guess, Philip Nelson's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've announced anything official yet. But just oh, the only the glaring issue with this game, and especially Landry Jones, even when he does come back, if he does come back. He threw three interceptions, and he lost a fumble on a sack that went for a touchdown. Four mm-hmm. turnovers, just himself. And then Philip Nelson comes in and throws a wide receiver screen, trying to go for the, the touchdown to possibly tie it up. And it bounces off of the receiver's helmet. And let me see if I can find his name real quick. Uh, comes up with the interception to basically seal the game. And I'm... I'm just spewing out words because I can't find his name. DeMarquez Gates makes a great play, diving catch to seal up the game there. Nice. People are saying they should have ran the ball in. Yeah. 
like <laughs> kind of like a Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll <laughs> situation, situation here, like at the three or four yard line, and they're trying to throw a wide receiver screen. I I don't I don't know. I, yeah, I I kind of questioned the play call too. I could see what they were doing. They the stack formation out there. They had good blocks. If this guy catches the ball, he can break outside of the blocks and he probably gets in. Yeah, it's just the result. People are always mad at the result. Right. Same thing with Pete Carroll's call. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Butler made a great play. Oh yeah. It was a good play call. It was a bad matchup. You have Jermaine Curse, who was like five foot nothing, trying to block Brandon Browner, who was like six foot ten. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. No. I went off on a stupid tangent there. That that still bothers me to this day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, just turnovers. Five turnovers total from the Renegades. It spelled their doom. I don't know how they got this close, but that is my major issue. Yeah. Number one problem with this game and the Roughnecks. It was twenty-seven to twenty. That's and a little too close for comfort for a four and team. For a four and team, they had five turnovers. They collected five turnovers. Wow. And it was a seven-point game that came down to the wire. That is, if I was a Roughnecks fan, I'd be scared. I would be. I would be scared. I'd be terrified of the result. Yeah. That because the first two interceptions. They only kicked field goals. It was six nothing after two two interceptions mm-hmm. on the first two possessions from Landry Jones. And it's only six nothing. At this point, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You got to make this count. Third right. interception, they do get a touchdown. It's fourteen nothing. Okay, we're a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think they ended up totaling twenty one points off of turnovers. Okay. On a normal day, twenty one's good. Yeah. But then tack on the fact that they had five turnovers doesn't sound as good no if i want five turnovers you do at least five times six yeah that's 30 yeah and then you add on your extra point conversions you might be upwards of 40 that's what you want i realize you're not going to get that Mm -hmm. but it was it was not the result i would have been happy with as a roughnecks fan Mm -hmm. so i think the only other thing from this game that we didn't mention yet was the whole XFL tough uh, for the Dallas Renegades offensive coordinator. I'm going to mess his name up. Uh, Hal M- Mum? Mum? So, oh, I just got to finish. It's a Hal Mummy. Is it I, I, Hal actually, I really think it's Mummy, actually. Yeah. I could be I wrong. I don't know if the I E was believe... like silent I don't or think it changed is. the U. I, I really think it's Mummy. I didn't want to assume it was Mummy, but i'll take it now. we're already doing parham yeah, might so as well just go with mummy just we'll just mess it. up everyone's name <laughs> who cares just go with it so uh <laughs> yeah cameron artis Payne ran out of the sideline on a run play and took out hal mummy hard yeah so hard that he broke his leg in the second quarter poor this dude's so old too i felt in the moment i felt so bad for him yeah. I saw him go to the ground. I'm like, oh, no. And, Car- and and Cameron didn't even help him, which I learned Cameron Artis Payne. Mm-hmm. Greg Olson was doing the call on this game, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know he was doing announcing. But Apparently he still is. He, he is. the Seahawk. And he actually did pretty well uh, yeah. with the announcing, I must say, because I didn't even know it was him, but he was doing well. Mm-hmm. But he calls him Cap. Cameron uh, Artis Payne. Calls him Cap. It's a pretty cool name. But Cap didn't even help at Hal off the ground. He just ran away. Other people helped him off the ground, but <laughs> Hal just kept going. Right. Broken leg for two and a half quarters. Yeah, well, let's call a game. That's fine. I'll just keep walking around. <laughs> and they still were within seven points. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Hal can go sit on the bench with uh, Landry Jones on their bum knees. Yeah. Well, it's, he'll be in the press box next weekend yeah, for right. sure. So. Yeah. It's <laughs> this man. The the Renegades did not come out of this game well. No. They came out with a loss. They came out with an with an injured quarterback, an injured <laughs> offensive coordinator. Just a just a bad week for that Renegade fans and the Renegades themselves would like to forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that that brings us to uh, the final game. The final. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! The last game, the DC Defenders were shut out. Shut out. By, by the, the Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay Vipers. Vipers. 25 <laughs> to nothing. Is this our first shutout, or did the Guardians get the shutout in week Guardians one? Guardians got the... Sh- uh, no. Defenders shut out the Guardians in week two. Oh, did, uh, okay. I was I, th- I, I couldn't quite remember, but... I was going to look it up as well, but I was too busy at work today. Yeah, I do all this at work. Just don't tell my boss. <laughs> yeah. Week two, Defenders 27... To over the Guardians uh, zero. Well, how's it feel, defenders? Now you're the shutout. <laughs> the tables team. have been turned. <laughs> How are the turntables? <laughs> if you're an office fan, you get the reference. If you're not, you think I'm an idiot. I just have I just have stats here. I I literally just posted the team stats on my yeah. blog. It said everything. <laughs> Vipers total yardage four seventy seven to the defenders one oh seven. Offensive plays, 80 for the Vipers. that averaged 3.3 yards per play to the offensive plays of the defenders. 39, which averaged 1.9 yards per play. Oh, that's so bad. 29 first downs for the Vipers, 6 to the defenders. This is my favorite one. The defenders were 2 of 10 on third down. They never even got to a fourth down scenario, never got to a red zone scenario, and never to a goal-to-go scenario. They were never even in the red zone. Wow. That's... It's not even like they were in the red zone and were trying to go for the touchdown <laughs> instead of the field goal. No. Right. Never, Never even in the red zone. <laughs> 46 net rushing yards. 61 net passing yards. Mm-hmm. I, it, this looks like first quarter stats. Yeah. It's disgusting how bad they played. That was pretty bad. Uh, it's You can say so many negative things about the defenders. 9 of 22, which was 41% passing completions for 72 yards and interception from Cardale. Mm -hmm. I I have one bright spot. Yeah. Just just one. Safety Raheem Moore had an interception for the defenders. Yeah. And cool stat of the day, he's played 123 defensive snaps Mm -hmm. and has not allowed a first down. Interesting. That's um, they at least got one guy over there on the defenders defending. <laughs> at least one. But that that's that's it for the defenders. They Kinda. sucked. No. Yeah. That's all you can say. Yeah. Terrible week, and I, I guess one last thing. Yeah. In my humble opinion, mm-hmm. it might be a road thing. I think it's a swagger thing. In Probably. Week, in weeks one and two, you could see Cardale with Pat Hamilton, the head coach, mm-hmm. and all of his receivers. They're having a good time. They got, they're got they looking like maybe it was just because they're at home with yeah. their fans, and mm-hmm. they're just hyped. Right. It just looks different. Yeah. In these past two weeks, 
it's just not the same. And now you got Cardell like fighting with one of his uh, one of his receivers, who's he literally told his receiver, <laughs> "You should be benched." Wow. He told him to get benched because he was sucking on the field. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. And it's going to be a locker room problem. It's a swag problem. Uh-huh. I, you can fix swag problems, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, this is like a hot hot word I like to use when you have this kind of an issue. Because <laughs> I use it with the Seahawks a lot. Yeah. Especially when, like, Sherman was there and they were, they were going through their locker room problems. <laughs> it's a good football team. Mm-hmm. A terrible football environment right now. Right. And if they can get that fixed... They can get back on the winning side of things, especially now they're, they're going to go back home. Yeah. But the Vipers. Oh, I, yeah. I know you got stats on the Vipers. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I got Taylor Cornelius, 24-31. So he actually, same amount of incompletions as Jordan Te'amu, for 211 yards with one touchdown and one interception. But he also had 36 yards on the ground for one touchdown as well. It was a good touchdown run. Yeah. He took a licking on that touchdown run. Showed me some toughness that oh, yeah. I'd like to see. I was surprised Cornelius got the start. I really thought Flowers yeah. was going to get it. But you know what? It worked out for him. Maybe Without with the new play caller. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, what we needed. Um, so I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was the first game with a 100-yard rusher. With two hundred yard rushers, but we had two. Was it the first with a hundred too? I believe so. I wouldn't be surprised because I know Cameron Artis we Payne had ninety nine. Yeah. Yep, we were almost there. So it was our first game with one one hundred yard rusher, but in the same moment, we yep. also had the same game with two one hundred right. yard rushers. Yeah. Let's go, Vipes! Oh yeah, that's been their one strong suit all season. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, that's been their that's been their go to for so far. Yeah. And now they got the quarterback play and the right play calling and they're rolling. And I think when you got Devion Smith and Jacquees Patrick, mm-hmm. it helps open up the passing game a little bit. Right. And obviously, you know, you got guys crashing down in the box to stop the run, which yeah. the defenders couldn't even do that. <laughs> it helps put one and one matchups on the back end for for mm. Cornelius and that yeah. might have assisted mm-hmm. his passing numbers a little bit yeah i didn't watch this one mm-hmm. it was you know a little late for me i watched <laughs> highlights of it but i could just see like a lot of these matchups are just one-on-one receivers getting open they you got mm-hmm. eight guys in the box oh yeah trying that's... to stop this run they still couldn't stop it it was ridiculous <laughs> devion smith 122 yards on 24 carries jacques patrick 108 yards on 21 carries and a touchdown solid just steamrolled them oh yeah absolute insanity and if you the vipers like to uh boast their running game which Mm -hmm. is fair yeah but they also like to boast their defense as well yeah and they got a shutout yeah the defense is obviously very good but the number one shutdown corner in the league is on the vipers Hmm. and that is cornerback tavarius mcfadden i don't think there's a relation to uh, no. the running back McFadden. Darren McFadden? Yeah, I don't think there's a relation. Probably not. Probably not. He's pretty young. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have an XFL kid. <laughs> or a brother, maybe. <laughs> maybe he's a brother. Who knows? Tavarius um, McFadden, he has a 15.7 passer rating when targeted. 
That's impressive. 15 points. That's like Sherman in his prime numbers. Yeah. He has allowed 70 yards through four weeks. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That's a, that, that's that could amazing. be a, an NFL tryout here. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Both of these running backs. That yep. corner. New people emerge every week. I'm telling oh, you what. Yeah. It's, this league has got stars in it, and they're hidden. You just mm-hmm. got to go digging. Oh yeah. And I I think that's my one concern for the league. Right. Yeah. As soon, as soon as these guys get NFL tryouts. Yep. As soon as those scouting, those NFL scouts start showing up at games, oh, they gone. If the new CBA gets signed, practice squad goes up to 12 players instead yep. of 10. Mm-hmm. Active roster goes from 55 instead of 53. It's just more jobs. Yeah. They're going to start stealing XFL stars and mm-hmm. never know. Might water it down too much. Yeah, but could we get a situation here? In the XFL, like we did in the '83 draft class from the NFL, where Jim Kelly literally went to the USFL because he didn't want to be a Buffalo Bill player. Like, could we get that where college kids are saying, "No, I don't want to go to the NFL because I'm going to get flags all day because I like to play rougher." It depends on how intense. much they care about money. I think. Well, that might be the one concern. Right. But you could get all these Division Two kids. Oh yeah. Division Three kids. Yep. That want that spotlight on a national television. And it might be harder. Well, that's another part is practice squad. I'm just I'm just having mm-hmm. a realization in this moment. Yeah. That what if this new CBA, some mm-hmm. of these things in it, are to protect the NFL from losing talent to the XFL. Because practice squad oh. players are also getting a bump in pay raise. I th- the new minimum is like a million dollars. Really? I think. I want to be a practice squad person. It's like a million dollars just to be on a practice squad. Wow. And I was just about to say, like, if they if you don't want to be a practice squad guy and you want to start, yeah. like you're you're an NFL talent, yep. but you want to start, go to the XFL. Go to the XFL. You won't make a million bucks. But you'll play. But you'll play. And maybe that's what maybe. some people will do. Yeah, maybe that's why this whole CBA is so changing, because they're afraid. I I would definitely I would definitely consider that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. They might be a little uh, a little nervous, a little bit nervous about the popularity of the XFL. Yeah, but those are all four of our games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Week Five predictions. All right, I got a uh, Seattle Dragons versus the Roughnecks in Week Five. Yeah, I got Houston <laughs> for that one. <laughs> I got I got Houston as well, and it's in Houston. Uh, the Guardians against the Renegades. I'm taking the Guardians on this one because Philip Nelson is not a great quarterback for Dallas. You know, at in this moment, I have the Renegades. Yeah, but I could, I could change that. I could see the Guardians maybe figuring out that they have a good defense now. Yeah, go on the road with a lesser quarterback against them and kind of have a field day. Yeah, since it's a new quarterback. I I don't know. I don't I don't know if I trust Bob Stoops's offense in the hands of a backup quarterback. Cuz he played week 1, didn't look great then. Right. Didn't look great then either. So I might end up changing that. Yeah. I'm like leaning towards the Guardians right now. Yeah. I chose the Renegades. Mhm. You know. 2020 uh what do they call that? <laughs> what do they say when uh 
Foresight's 2020 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I might take the Guardians at the end of the day. All right. By the end of the week. Uh, I got the Battlehawks visiting the Defenders. I'm digging the Battlehawks on this one. I, if the Defenders turn it on at home, then I could see this going the other way. But the Battlehawks, they're my number they, one right they now. Just, uh, they just not, they played really well. They're crushing it yeah. right now. So I'm taking the Battlehawks as well on the mm-hmm. road. And then the Vipers at the Wildcats. Who you got on this one? I am leaving this up to Nelson Spruce. Yeah. Right now, I have the Vipers. Okay. If Nelson Spruce is active, I will pick the Wildcats. All right. So my listeners can look at the rosters, mm-hmm. the active rosters, and the injury reports. If you see Nelson Spruce on the field, yep. that means I have the Wildcats marked down. All right. But right now, in this moment, mm-hmm. unknowingly if he's playing or not, I'm taking the Vipers. All right. I mean, I had the, Vip- I had the Vipers as well. I think they're they're clicking, and I think this is going to be a tough game for the L.A. to pick up after playing against the Guardians like that. Yeah. They, they've they've shown me a mini trend yeah. of playing well. Mm-hmm. They might have lost week three, but they played well. Right. And now they played very well in week four. Mm-hmm. It's a trend. Yeah. It's a mini trend. But I like the Wildcats. I like their offense. Mm-hmm. Not their defense as much, but yeah, I think they have uh, plenty of potential. All so right. there you have it for the XFL. We're going to smack this NFL stuff in the face. So some big news that dropped today yeah. was A.J. Boye. Boye? Boye. I think it's Boye. Boye. Like some French or something. Yeah. Corner for the Jaguars was traded to the Broncos. 29-year-old A.J. Boye, Boye <laughs> traded to the Broncos for a fourth-round pick. Yeah. He's played pretty well in his career with the Jaguars, but not mm-hmm. as a, not a strong season in 2019-2020. Right. And only, a, only worthy of a fourth-round pick. Seemed well, kind of uh it was a cap no. clearing oh, absolutely. move for the Jags, so it's probably why Denver's like, Yeah, we'll give you a fourth. It it seems like a strong rebuild mode right now in Jacksonville. Yeah. Another team that might be rebuilding, well, I guess sticking with the Jaguars first, they will tag defensive end Yannick Nagoku. Alright. That's a messy name. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But uh they only tagged him because they're going to try and get some capital out of him yeah. and trade him. Mm-hmm. This is not a guy that's sticking around. He yeah, has clearly are, stated his career is over in Jacksonville. Yeah, they're hemorrhaging right now, too, yeah. so they're, they're trying to make moves. Stop the bleeding and at least <laughs> at least stop the bleeding with some draft picks. Yep. <laughs> Bare minimum. <laughs> uh, the Bengals are actually going to tag wide receiver A.J. Green. They A.J. Green has been very vocal about not wanting to be tagged, mm-hmm. but they don't want to give him a long-term deal. He's an aging wide receiver. He has shown yep. he's... An, prone to injury Mm -hmm. we'll give you one year to hang out with joe burrow and we'll see what happens yeah so maybe like a prove it year for the tag but what he's gonna make what 18 million with the tag i think he'll be fine i think he'll be okay and then the chargers released well the chargers and wide receiver travis benjamin have mutually parted ways he gone travis benjamin has missed 15 games in the last two seasons and that's bad la is looking like a mini rebuild they have a lot of strong right. pieces. Depending on what they can do in free agency, mm-hmm. quarterback and more wide receiver wise. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on the Chargers for next season yet. All right, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> I got a joke for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and Jimmy Fallon walk into a basketball game. All right. Uh, lip uh, lip readers everywhere overreact to 
something that might have been said. <laughs> There's your punchline. <laughs> they might have, Julian Edelman might have said he's coming back. Like laughing. They, yeah. they went to a Syracuse basketball game. Yep. And Julian Edelman is sitting next to Tom Brady. And he's like, you can't hear what they said. But Julian Edelman's like, he's coming back. And they're like laughing, having a good mm-hmm. time. And then Tom Brady like gets this sad face on. He's And what lip readers all over America have said. He said, no, he's not. Dun, 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 dun. No one knows. See, I didn't think he said, no, he's not. I thought he said that he's not coming back. That's what I thought. I thought he said, no. I thought he was just like, no. I thought they no. were like, talking just, about what was going on in front of them. I don't know. But, yeah. People want to overreact to every small thing possible. I will say one thing about Tom Brady, though. He took a long time to answer that. Yeah, he was shaking his head. He had his, like... He was oh. like, he was like, you could tell he was contemplating about what to say. <laughs> and then he was like, no, screw it. Two weeks till free agency, he's not coming back. I think he had like a smirk on his face when he did it. Yeah. Like, let me just mess with people. The camera's on. No, I'm not coming back. <laughs> just messing with people's minds. And he had people talking about it for like three days straight. Yeah. That's what he wants. Yep. He just wants to mess with people. Oh, yeah. And he's doing it very, very well. All right. One last piece of information here just for our uh tony romo yeah our boy tony yeah tony romo got a long-term extension before Dak prescott did so he is still <laughs> the better cowboy <laughs> he's gonna make 17 million dollars a year in his contract at cbs damn i'm not entirely sure how long it was you can hear the paper turn the famous yeah. paper turn <laughs> but i just i want to call him out real quick yeah michael thomas and and Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. shut up. Yep. Shut your mouths. Yep. Why isn't analysts making more than 90% of the league? Because CBS wanted to pay him that much. Right. Who cares? Yeah. CBS doesn't pay the players. Yep. Sh- just <laughs> shut up. You're making millions. Donate some of your money to the less fortunate players. Yeah. If you hate it so much. Yeah. God, I hate these people. They're so stuck up. <laughs> I used to be a Michael Thomas fan. I used to like you. You used to normally like kind of stay quiet a little uh-huh. bit, you know, just play really well. Yeah. And like and then when he got kicked out of the playoffs, and now he's like he's becoming more vocal on social media, mm. and I hate it. Stop it. Some people just aren't good on social media. Same thing with OBJ calling it out. Yep. God, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. The field. That's a wrap. That's that's the show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Do you enjoy it, Fred? I had a good time. That's good. It's all that matters. As long yep. as you have fun. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, make sure you go follow the page on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, whichever one you got. Mm-hmm. Go to onoutthefield.com. You got all the listen tabs there. You got all the social media tabs. You got all the fun blogs. Yeah. Go to rtfsportsnetwork.com and listen to the show on Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. I I hope you love it. Leave some feedback on the website, mm-hmm. in the comment sections, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Fred? All hail the Jockstrap King.